0: Thanks. Now let's get to the show and start building excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on the Building Excellence podcast. I have got my good friend Caleb Blade uh, here to talk about his story, and he's done a lot of really awesome things that I wanted to share with you guys. So thanks for being on the show. Absolutely, yeah, glad to be here. So if you could just kind of share with us a little bit about your upbringing, like where you were raised, um, what you did growing up, and and. If your parents were impactful in your life, what was that like? Yeah, um, so I was born and raised, uh, oh no, I was born in Oregon, and then we moved shortly after, and then I was raised in Oklahoma, uh, specifically Tulsa, Oklahoma, like Bailey. Um, For the most part, I lived in Tulsa, and then we moved to Bixby, Oklahoma, when I was in sixth grade. Um, I was pretty active growing up. We were always... um, you know, playing sports probably every single season since I was in first grade or earlier even. Um, I think basketball and baseball were the first sports I played. Uh, and then started football in third grade and played all the way up through high school. Um, yeah, so basketball became my, probably my first love. Growing up, I was, I was just addicted to it. Um, started playing like year round in uh, probably early elementary school. All the way through middle school and part of the way through high school, and then um, really fell in love with football as well. But kind of fell off for a little bit, and then in high school picked back up, and I was kind of became my the thing okay. I focused most on. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, for I was also kind of involved in other things as well. I like, um, my dad was always really good at. If I had any if if I had any interest in anything, he would make it happen. So um, I remember uh, really like loving music growing up, and um, specifically like seventies rock, sixties yeah. and seventies rock. Uh-huh. And I loved uh, the idea of being a drummer. And so I think elementary school, maybe maybe second grade, I got my first drum set, and then played all the way through until probably high school. Things got too busy, but I loved uh just kind of getting exposed to a lot of different things Mm -hmm. um, between like music, um, sports mostly sports, and then also like art. So I've always had like a very artistic family. Mm -hmm. Um, my did your grandpa paint this? Grandpa actually painted, I don't know if if we can see that video, but yeah, painted a lot of the art in his house, yeah, which we're at uh my parents' house out here in Grove, Oklahoma. It's a lake house uh, that they got probably the last 10 years. But um, yeah, so yeah, it's always been multiple influences in my life. I think definitely my parents were huge influences. Um, My mom specifically, athletically, uh, she was a good athlete. Um, She was like a state track uh, 400 gold medal ever. Winner, I guess, um, first place in her high school career, and then continued with athletics kind of throughout her whole life. Um, taught classes, personal trained. Now she's a full time personal trainer for the last probably 15 years. Um, so she's always had a really big influence on me thinking about health since yeah. I was a really young oh, for sure. kid. Um, Which is great. Yeah, it's, it was. I yeah, I take I probably took it for granted for most of my life, but. Um, it's definitely been one of the biggest influences in my life for sure. Yeah, just getting to to really like understand like how food fuels you mm-hmm. from an early age is probably something unique. Yeah, that most kids don't get. Um, and then always just trying to work out with her and all yeah. that stuff since I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was a physician, um, so he definitely influenced me as well. But not in the way that a lot of uh, doctors' kids are influenced. He um, never pushed me to be really any specific thing. Just he wanted me to like uh, go after what was it, what I was either good at or whatever whether I was interested in it. So um, those were the two things. If if I was interested in it and good at it, he would fully support me and um, continue like. Uh, you know whether he he bought me basketball lessons growing up. Um, he uh, you know always if I needed something new for drum set he'd always have it. Uh, we'd always go to guitar center or something like that. Yeah, pretty quickly and get it. Um, if it was anything that I was like trying to better myself, he was always for it. If There was things like video games or something like that. It was I wouldn't ask my dad. <laughs> it, was, it was more of the other uh, anything that was like related to sports or. Or pursuing something to get better at, he was always supportive for it. So I, I definitely want to do that with my kids as well when, okay, I, sure. when I have them. Um, but yeah, so I'm mean, to think befo- to anything. Yeah, before we get on to other stuff, one of the things I was gonna say, there's a story when you talk about you can, your mom being very competitive. Yeah. Uh, tell the story about like your mom, you know, uh, tearing her ACL and yeah. still still so, running. Around. That's kind of a fun story yeah so my mom actually tore acl in high school um but at the time they didn't really get it looked at um she just thought she injured it and uh, they never like got it assessed or got a mri or uh, any real diagnosis and so she just was on i don't know just kind of was easy on it for a little bit for a couple months and then continued Getting back into it, like did her own therapy essentially, and then in college she continued running, and then she's been a runner her whole life. Um, she did this whole time, probably until she was 45, didn't know she had a completely <laughs> torn ACL, partially torn MCL. That's like, and her meniscus is all messed up, and she just like never, com- never complained about it until yeah. she started getting a little bit of uh, laxity in her knee, but. Um, it was amazing. Like yeah. when we found out, we're like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. <laughs> I complaint about little things sometimes. I'm like, my mom has a torn to ACL; she's had it for her whole life and this never made so a complaint. Yeah. Going, so yeah. She's like a machine at her age, so it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously, parents were super encouraging, super important in your upbringing. Like they were always there to support you. Um, and it sounds like that was a, a big component of growing up and becoming the person you are today. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things, so you talked about playing sports, so you got to high school, and that's really where we met, is in high school. Right. And so we played basketball and football together, um, and you said football started transition to be something that you did more of when we got to high school. Yeah. So just to, to briefly go over everything, you played high school football, and you wound up going to TCU for college, and you wanted to walk on the football team at TCU. And not only you walk on the football team, you also did pre-med, pre-business, right? Correct. So okay. for any of you that don't know, athletics in college is obviously a lot anyway. Yeah. And then when you add on top of that, um, doing pre-med and pre-business all in one, Caleb, like, you may not think it's that big of a deal, but that's a lot to put on your plate. So talk about the experiences like playing football, like why did you decide to play? Um, and then just kind of talk about your, your college experience. Yeah. Um... I've been asked that before, uh, whether I regret playing football because of the things coming out with, uh, uh, like traumatic brain injury and stuff like that, and, um, I think you can't really live like that, you can't live, like, uh, having regrets at the time, it was something that was really important to me. Um, I really loved the game of it, Mm -hmm. and I loved, uh, specifically defense, I loved, analyzing offenses and trying to, like, outsmart them, mm-hmm. kind of uh, watch film and, and realize that you could, if you put enough time into it, you could predict the play based on the first two seconds of it. All because of preparation? All because of prep. And I just loved, I loved that, like, just, in high school, I didn't, I didn't really have that experience until high school. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, we had some really good coaches, um, which I was very fortunate to have that I didn't have at school before. Um, and they kind of taught you how to play smart, not just fast or strong, but just smart. And, um, I think that, that made me honestly, like without them, I probably wouldn't have pursued, uh, college football, but that soon, probably early junior year became my goal was to play college football mm-hmm. and I made that a goal. And uh, And even though I didn't get a scholarship at a D1's place, I knew I wanted to play D1 football. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'll earn my scholarship. So that's what I, I just decided to go to TCU. They were a mountain Less school. Um, Pretty much one of the biggest reasons I went to TCU is because I knew Gary Patterson was a defensive coach and that he liked to develop players into their positions. Um, And so I thought that would be a good fit. And um, so I tried on in the fall, um uh, and got on the team and And uh, and also too, this is what year is this? Thousand 12, twelve, twelve twelve. 2012 right? 12, 2011, 12 Yeah, eleven and twelve. Yeah. And they you got uh, TCU had just gone a couple years prior to, to so It was the year before they just won the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. So this is at the prime of like yeah TCU T C U football up and coming and for all sure. of college football. So anyway, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, it's uh yeah, I mean my experience playing football at TCU, um, it ended up not being the experience I expected, so I, uh, it was it was a full-time job, essentially, um, which I wasn't not expecting. I was expecting that to be the case, but I don't think I was expecting um, a few of the things that happened on the way. I Early on, I injured my shoulder, and I didn't think much of it initially. I thought it would just heal on its own, so I kept pushing forward and doing my workouts and um, going to practice and and um, but over time that whole semester was just getting worse and worse. I knew it was something I it was like something I didn't want to admit, so I just kind of kept it hushed and tell anyone um, except the few people I knew real closely. Um, but it was getting like to the point where I couldn't lift anything um, on my right arm, and so once the season ended we had a uh we had a pretty good season we we lost one game um and that kept us out of like a pretty good we would have gone back to like a big bowl game if mm. we didn't lose that game um actually correct that we lost two games two games lost to yeah. Baylor as well oh, that's so a lot of losses, Baylor and SMA. And losses. <laughs> yeah um but yeah so that semester was probably one of the hardest semesters of my life uh considering that, not oh, yeah. only was I, was I was trying to impress the coaches, so I had a lot of psychological um, challenges, like trying to be a freshman, walk-on, and earn my keep on the team, uh, which is like a pretty selfless job when you're, in, and when you're a walk-on freshman. Uh, you basically have to just, you have to be, you know, scout team for the, for the starters. Um, day in, day out, and and, and then I continue uh, making grades and everything else, and um, usually your schedule, I mean, my schedule wasn't going to be like most football players. I knew I wanted to potentially go to medical school after gra- undergraduate, and um, I was also knew that I didn't want to just major in biology or chemistry, so I wanted to do something different. Um, wanted to get exposed to different parts of um, how the world works. And so I, I decided to do business as well as pre med. Um, that's something that's kind of like always been, I guess, a driving force for me was understanding how the world works. Uh, from like, I got really into cars. I remember I got really into cars growing up because I wanted to know how they work because it was so fascinating. I would just jump in the car and go somewhere. So I, I like, my dad had an old 87 Jeep. Wrangler, and uh, we blew the motor one day when we were, when we were off-roading, mm-hmm. and we took it back on the trailer and uh, to our backyard, and he was like, well, you can, it was like, during the summer, one summer he's like, well, you can take it apart piece by piece, yeah. figure out how it works, so that's what I did. Uh, we took that Jeep completely down every bolt, and uh, that was just, like, so fun to me, to not only, like, learn how it works on in, in like, reading about it, but also doing it, so. Yeah. Um, well, and also, you had your own car that you did, yourself, yeah, yeah. in high school, which yeah. was a... Uh, I had a 69 Firebird, my first car, Yeah. Uh, that I did a lot of the work on. And, yeah, that was just, from an early age, doing that work on the Jeep mm-hmm. made me like, just, like, love. Doing being able to do my own work on my own car, so yeah. I bought an old car that I could do the work on. Didn't have a lot of computer aspects to it, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so I think that probably rubbed off on me throughout from then on uh, to like pursue business. To so I would it was always a big unknown. My family wasn't. None of my family studied business or anything like that, mm-hmm. and my brother was actually in college um, two years prior to me. He was studying business and he was telling me that he's learning a lot so um i thought it'd be it'd be a good opportunity to learn it early on when i'm not going to have to i'm not going to have time to learn it later yeah as a doctor so uh that ended up being a really good choice so uh but uh initially it was very challenging in, in school because to get into business school you have grade grades mm-hmm. you, you actually apply you take like the pre-business Uh, courses then you apply to get in your junior year and then same with pre-med you have to basically get really good grades throughout all of it because you're competing against the people who are that's all they're focusing on yeah um and so they're all going to have 4.0s to get into medical school pretty much yeah or close to it um and so that was a lot of pressure coming in you know not only learning time management stuff but also like uh not having a lot of time, <laughs> so like yeah. a lot of college kids learn time management because they have a lot of time. Yeah, uh, I didn't have any time. I was yeah. not sleeping. I think that's probably why I got injured. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was, it was it was challenging, but I think I was loving it at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was super fun to be a college student. Yeah. Um, I had also joined a fraternity that semester as well. It was all the same, yeah. All the same. Yeah. same semester. Yeah. So. Uh, The outcome of that semester, I didn't do as well as I should have in school. Um, partly because of football, partly because of the fraternity, partly because of doing, switching, not used to switching brains so much from science to business. And it was just football. getting used to it all was, was a challenge. Um, so I had to reassess at the end of the semester. However, I was. Um, I was pretty confident that I could figure it out. So uh, I, th- I thought that most of my trouble, I didn't get like terrible grades, I did, I did fine, but just not, not to your standard, not to my standard. Um, and so I knew I needed to figure out some things and I knew that once I got my shoulder back, it would help my like, psychology and stuff better. I, I hate being hurt where you can't do things, being limited. Um, and so once, uh, once we kind of got over the season, I could I started talking to coaches about I do have the shoulder thing, and it's it's bothering me. And so we we got an MRI and then ended up having to get surgery because I tore my labrum. Um, and then all in the uh, off season, I had to miss because I was doing rehab. Um, but I did rehab like you know two to three hours a day with the team, and then. I would just run while they were doing practice and stuff like that. And then during that time I got, I basically just reassessed what my goals were. And um, you know, I, going into college, I like I said, I had this mindset that I was gonna play D1 football and I was gonna be on the field on Saturdays. But I don't think I think I probably was a little bit short-sighted about where that took me long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, at that point, that that off season, I I was like looking ahead in my life and being like, where do I want to be and where the, how do I reverse engineer what that looks like for going forward. And so, uh, I probably made my decision in April or May that I wasn't going to continue playing football, um, or or at least I was going to take a year off, um, which was a, very difficult decision, but at that time I was still trying to recover. It kind of seemed like the only decision in some ways because my shoulder hadn't really recovered fully. Mm-hmm. I wasn't nearly, you know, I lost probably 20 pounds of muscle cause so I just wasn't working out. Or wasn't able to. Um, and so I just I was nowhere near what I thought was ready to get into, uh, back into football, mm-hmm. uh, especially at that level. And we had just joined the big 12. Uh, and so I was like, this is a different game now. Um, yeah, so let's see. Where are we headed with this? Yeah, kind of thing? so you, you played, um, got to college, and then one of the summers in college, because you started to just focus on uh, free med and business. Yeah. Um, and then one of the summers, you actually decided to bike from California to Washington, D.C., all across all of America. Yeah. So why why did that even like become something you wanted to do? Yeah. And then what was it like doing that? What was what was that experience like? Yeah. Um, one. Well, like the, the background, the context of the story is um, there was uh, there's an organization that our fraternity actually runs, nonprofit. Um, so it's like a nationwide nonprofit that. Uh, their mission is to um, empower people with disabilities. And so one of the events that you, race, that you could fundraise for and actually do was a cross-country bike ride. And you stop at every stop. They have um, what do you call it, friendship visits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get with an organization that supports people with disabilities and we would write grants to those organizations every time we got there and then we'd have like a fun-filled uh, dinner and like playtime with anyone who was there. Usually it was kids, but oftentimes it wasn't. There's was, um, adult wheelchair basketball. There was collegiate uh, basket wheelchair basketball that we did. There was um, a lot of different groups uh, that people that people we like went and hung out with throughout yeah. the trip along the from uh, west to east, um, and it was really fun. So. I, th- I knew it was going to be fun, not only from accounts of people who have done it uh, in years prior, mm-hmm. um, but also because it's just like right up my alley to, to do like an endurance bike ride. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of an endurance runner naturally. My mom and I have always ran together. So was, I think we remember uh the first time I remember feeling that I was like a good runner was second grade. My. Uh, <laughs> My brother was in summer school uh-huh. and uh, there's a track at school and my mom and I, while he was going to class for like an hour or two, we would just run around the track. And so I probably ran three miles a day every day really? yeah. for all summer. And after yeah. that I was just like I didn't know that I was like just hooked. Yeah. Like, I, could beat anyone in my class you know, right. cause so it was just like I ran all summer uh-huh. so it was really fun um, I've been basically since then have loved running well and you just completed an Ironman what was it last uh 2018 2018 so a year ago yeah or two years, two years ago years right now. now man wow crazy but yeah so anyway go ahead on the bike the bike trip I I did it for multiple reasons but one it was just it was for a good cause two I love like the idea of being able to push myself daily—we mm-hmm. um, were averaging like 80, 85 miles a day yeah. on the bike um, for like fifty days in the, in the middle of summer, summer too. In the middle of the summer, going to the south, route. not going, not going north. But yeah, to the south. Coming south <laughs> to the hot states. Um, and then also, it's a huge adventure. You get to see the country way differently on a bike than oh, you a yeah. car. For sure. So um, a lot of people think it'd be really boring. You you can't have headphones or anything. you got to hear people like calling out uh, obstacles and stuff cars and and so one you get to know the guys you're riding with very very well two you get to see so much i mean Mm. you get to really experience every scene oh yeah um including the the heat and the climate. uh (laughs) but yeah we i i absolutely loved my that summer that was probably one of my that definitely one of my most memorable summers that i've ever done Mm -hmm. um In in school, I was fortunate not to have to work uh, that summer. Um, So, definitely, it's you know, I'm fortunate Mm -hmm. to to have gotten that opportunity. But um, ever since then, I've been, I've loved cycling. Uh, A lot of people like hate their bike after, but I just like loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we started in Long Beach, California. And uh, over the course of the summer, we made it to Washington, D.C., which is really fun. Where was to capital and yeah? Where was like one of your favorite stops on the trip? Uh, Obviously, let's see. I, I know the back. Know you got the Daniel Braves hat on. So, yeah, I do. Still have it. if so uh, if you could pick one spot, what would be the, the one spot that would have been your favorite oh, throughout that experience? Uh, there's like uh, there, so there's a stint where um, you go 12 days without basically seeing humans. Um, it's, it's just no one's out there um and it's really fascinating because like every night the stars are just crazy like you don't see it like we I grew up in a city uh, you just don't see it and kind of like opened my my, my mind I was like man this world this I mean it just kind of it was amazing to see it for 12 days straight yeah. every night you just look up and there'd just be so many shooting stars and just you just feel you feel so small. Mm-hmm. Um, I really actually like those moments better than like the big cities doing we went to. Um, however, it was nice, you know, coming in. We we, actually, we rode through Fort Worth, which is where I went to school, so it was really cool seeing uh, um, like the organization we went with. I, I like volunteered a lot at that organization, so it was fun to see. getting to come through there and yeah. seeing my my family came down. Uh, I got to see my my girlfriend at the time, uh, who's now my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously those were awesome moments, but I really liked when it was really like uh like we'd get to a place and there'd just be nothing. Yeah. And then you'd just like hang out with the team. Yeah. Um it was just it was really fun. There's some really good rides. Uh there were high points where you just really you had to push yourself to make it in time. Um there's one day we did uh 140 miles and basically had to average, I think we averaged like 19 or 20 miles an hour to get to the point in time, because if you didn't, if you weren't able to make it to the dinner or the the arrival one time, um, you'd have to get picked up by a van. And my one of my goals was to never get picked up by the van. Mm-hmm. Um, Did so you ever get picked up by the van? Only once. On uh, the whole time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually, there's two two days. One day I didn't ride at all. I was actually applying to medical school. Mm. Um, so I had to submit my application. Oh, bummer. And so I there's a 40 mile day. I, just, I had to just ride the van, work on my application. And then um, one day there was, we, we had made it like 80 miles through uh, Death Valley. Mm-hmm. And everyone, like, there's no more water. So they, like, <laughs> there's a mandatory pickup. like we had no more water, we couldn't go, it was 20 more miles, I think. And they just, they didn't want people falling over, so, <laughs> off their bikes, so. Yeah, it was like, a, I think it was like 120 degrees. Um, mm-hmm. That was a really fun day. Well, I mean, it was miserable, but it was fun because like we were both—we were all miserable going through it together. Yeah. Which I, I think that's one thing that I just loved growing up, it's just, in, a, in times where it's miserable, having other people go through it together, it just makes you that much closer. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the reason, like, most of my friends have been through sports, probably, Mm -hmm. um, or, or, like, a difficult, challenging time, like, in medical Mm -hmm. school. Um, some of my best friends are now from medical school, so, um, yeah, so that was that summer, and, um, I continued biking after that, and just kind of stayed in it, and it's definitely helped me, uh, it always helps me clear my mind Mm -hmm. when I'm on the bike, uh, a great workout it's just fun to like travel yeah and see new places yeah it's like i love running still but for a while there i stopped running because i was just like it's fun i can go 40 miles and see like the whole like city that, yeah um versus just running like four or five miles mm-hmm. my typical run but um yeah and since we're on that you did the Ironman a couple a couple years ago two years ago yeah um which is Ironman Iron Man is basically where you can go and you yeah, run, you run. Yeah, it's a like two point four miles swim, essentially, and then you you bike hundred twelve miles and you run a marathon. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's super easy, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a piece of cake. What made you want to do that, and why do you do it? Yeah. Um, so, medical school is a very it can be very isolating uh, mm-hmm. time. Um, and you're you were in medical school at this time. Correct, yeah. Okay. so yeah, we'll I was in back you know, here in a second. But yeah. We had uh so me I, I met a guy uh, Cole Patrick medical school. Uh, first year of medical school, probably in spring, um, I found out he was a biker and I was like a cyclist, um, <laughs> I and I was like, I hear you cycle. <laughs> and he was like, Yeah and so we we kinda like did it off and started cycling together. And then we were just like Shoot the shit while we're on the bike, and say like we should try to do some events. That's like so some bigger like events. Yeah. And so we did like a uh, hundred Hell that next uh, fall, and then which is like a hundred mile race in uh, t- it's in Texas, but uh, it's really hot uh, as the name implies. But it's a it's a fun ride, and we had a good time, and we were kind of thinking like we continue doing bike rides, but then Cole's a swimmer. And I was a runner, and yeah. he also liked to run too. And he was training for a marathon at the time. And so we were just like, we should just do a freaking Ironman. Mm-hmm. Like, I had never done much swimming at all, uh, and I had never done a triathlon at all, and neither had so, he. Yeah, and so, so why not do it right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I'm we'll just we shoot good. for the it's not the hardest one, there's now ultras, sure, and stuff, sure. but uh. It, so, yeah, in yeah. our minds, it was probably the, we thought that was like the, the pinnacle to do to do an Ironman, and so we're like we should just do an Ironman. We'll have time in your second year to train. Mm-hmm. Uh, second year is a lot of, or first and second year a lot of just classes and uh, medical schools becoming more and more online, like not online but lectures so you can just rewatch. Mm-hmm. And so um, I found we we found it really beneficial to have like a structured training program yeah because it really helped us uh kind of structure your time mm-hmm. It can get easy to just study 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 you never stop in medical school and feel like you just never can learn enough yeah and so shutting it down or doing doing a workout early in the morning and then doing a run later um you had to do it or else you knew you weren't going to make the, the iron man and so that really helped me tremendously i think like mentally uh, just as much as physically mm-hmm. during a really kind of difficult time in middle school you're stressed out because you're trying to take step one which is a very important test mm-hmm. um, at the end of uh, uh, second year and so we basically i mean i did the iron man uh exactly one month before my step one um, and so that means like all the time when you're studying for step one i was basically training as well for an iron man um, and so that forced me to Get out and stop studying. Get out, and run, swim, mm-hmm. and just sometimes those, those runs are very long. I actually recommend it to people not doing Ironman or anything like that, but just um, finding some other goal. If you're going through like a really difficult academic program or anything, like even work-related stuff, um, I found it very, very helpful. Like a lot of people struggle during that time in medical school; they mm-hmm. they're just in the books, alone, studying. They never give themselves a break, and it's almost counterproductive eventually, because there's just, your your brain wants to do other things, and you wanna, and and like, it actually helps you to learn the things when you are studying. So, yeah, I found that uh, that was probably one of the, I mean, it it definitely significantly shortened my time that I had to study, Yeah, but um, I always, since since college, me and I, Buddy always referenced Parkinson's law, because uh, we were always very we were procrastinators, never I don't know this has been my own style for a long time. <laughs> um, just kind of if it's an easy class, I can just walk. I'll just walk into class, studying what I need to study, and then take the test. Um, so we always say that Parkinson's law is like uh, you take as much time to get something done as you give yourself. So um, if you have a month to say her test and you give yourself that time you'll fill it but if you give yourself a week or you give yourself two days mm-hmm. you'll fill those two days and you'll probably still get it done yeah so I mean there's obviously limits to that uh, law but, uh, but it's true it's, for a lot of things it is very true for a lot of things um, it's kind of something that I live by yeah that's a really good point actually um, but you also don't want to procrastinate so much like I've learned the hard lessons there <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Anyways, Let's see, yeah. Um. So, what was probably when you go through the Ironman, Man? Was there a moment? What was the most challenging point in the Ironman, Man? Or was there something you remember being challenging? You had to push through, or uh, it's a uh, it's a pretty grueling day, but it's continuous. It's uh, I was ready for it. I was like definitely on the swim. I I had trained the most on the swim because that's something I needed to work on the most. Yeah. And man, when I got out there, I had so much energy. And uh, actually I actually slept like four hours before it because um, <laughs> just the circumstances. It wasn't because I was struggling to fall asleep, the circumstances were kind of weird. <laughs> um, and uh, I, was like, I was worried when I woke up that I didn't sleep enough, but when I got out there, I had so much adrenaline and um, I was ready to go that I swam way faster than I had trained swimming and did fine. I was like, honestly, like disappointed towards the end of the swim. I was like, ah, oh, it's already, it's already ending. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just feeling so amped. And then uh, the bike was fun for the most, for, for the first part of it. And then probably about like 70 or 80, I was like getting super tired of me on this bike. I was yeah. like, uh, I didn't want to stop and like take any breaks. So I just kind of pushed on, but there's like a few 40 mile stints where you're just like in the headwind, and you're just like, this is miserable. Yeah. And uh, I think that was the hardest part for me was knowing that. Um, so I had never actually done the whole train. I never like, in my training, I never practiced really that much. I'd never done swim, bike and run the same day, uh-huh. and I'd never done a full marathon ever. And so I'd never quite, I'd gotten up to 20 miles like once or twice, and then I was like, I can push through the rest. Yeah. Uh, so I think there was some, un- I think the unknown was what was the most challenging. It was like, yeah. all right, I'm going to bike it 112 miles. I know I can bike it and I'm going to be fine. Like, but I've never ran a marathon, marathon after. after. Yeah, that, so. yeah. And so just knowing <laughs> knowing that was coming up, I think made the bike much more miserable than any other parts. Yeah. Because, but once I started running, I was like, oh, I got it, this is going to be fine. Yeah. You just have to pace yourself and and then like, just really listen to your body like how much you need to eat uh eating is crucial and i kind of learned that during my training yeah um but yeah I, I ate a ton during it and stayed hydrated and didn't have any any issues for hydration or, yeah. or anything like that which a lot of people do because especially if you haven't done one before mm-hmm. it, it's like just as much that's just as important as like being in shape yeah it's like how much you eat yourself during it because you're talking about like there's 11 hours for me it's a long time <laughs> usually you eat during the day I remember and you gave me the tracker so I was watching on the app and you could see where you're going and I think I was actually at the lake that weekend so oh, okay. I'm sitting there at the lake and I'm like gosh Caleb's since I've been up he's been on a bike You know, he's been running, he's been swimming, and I've been sitting here all this time, and he's been doing something the whole time, so it is a long day that you have to do all that stuff. So it takes endurance. Um, And one of the things, because it's just a common pattern that you can see throughout your life, is that you seem to fit so much into your schedule, and you pack so much in, and yet some of these things that you do are things that you might have never done, or also, you just have this mindset, like, I'm going to do it, I'm just going to achieve, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be excellent at it. Like, I'm going to do my best at it, I'm going to figure out how to make this happen. Because, like, you know, the the idea of going to, to play at TCU, going to college, saying, I'm going to earn a scholarship. Like, that's a mindset. You, gotta, you have to make the team first. And, yeah. And you didn't really, you weren't phased by that. And then also doing the stuff that you did academically in college and being able to excel at that. And then, obviously, biking across America, which... I don't know if you've ever done before, not many people ever do that anyway, but when you go through those moments and you're having to push yourself, like that's a common thing too, it's like you're pushing yourself constantly. Like what, what motivates you and drives you to do that? Yeah, um, I think like you know, just trying new things has always been super fun to me. Yeah, um, yeah like on, on the bike ride, I had uh, I bought the bike a couple months before the ride, and I think I'd gone on a 170 mile ride and one 30 mile ride and I was like, I'm ready. I was like, I think I know how to work this thing. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just really, to me it's just fun. Um, It it makes life interesting when you're trying new things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's always been, or just something that that drives me, I guess, to try new things. Um, Just try to push your limits and see where they are. Mm -hmm. uh, And then know that you basically have 40% 40% more to go. You know, I think that's what I've always liked that. Uh, I don't know if it's a saying or a quote, but I think it's like a, just like physically true is when you your brain tells you that you can't go further, you probably have 40% more to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of my drive or my uh, inspiration for enduring those difficult, like endurance type um, things is. Uh, my mom has been my inspiration for that. Like when I grew up running track, I always did like the mile and the half, and the half mile uh, 400. and the uh, four hundred. And when I was little, she used to she was one of the track coaches uh, for the women's team, and she, if I was running my mile, she would never let me slow down. She would like run in the interior ring. <laughs> I was never embarrassed by it, but, like, looking back, it could sound embarrassing. Yeah. But you'd be running in the interior rings yelling, like, telling me that I, that someone's approaching. And then I would find out later that no one was approaching. <laughs> 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 so, like, at the last sprint, you wanted me to just like, give it all. So, yeah. like, uh, I, think, I think, like, just having that uh, from an early age. Kind of in you. Yeah, it's like almost like I never knew different. Yeah. Um, I never really thought of uh, like, in the, in, like, endurance type events, I've never thought about, like, giving up, I've thought Mm -hmm. about, like, you just gotta push faster or harder or find a way to get it done, um, because, like, it's, it's ultimately temporary, like, the pain you're feeling is temporary, Mm. um, you'll get over it, and if you need to, just think one more step or one more, uh, pedal, um, so I think that's, like, I used to always, when I run, I would like look at like a sign or a tree and just say, like, I'm going to get to that as fast as I can. Yeah. And then I would do that just over and over. Yeah, by uh, the next one once you reach it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's similar to what, you, what I did on JOH, mm-hmm. uh, which is the bike ride. Um, it's just say like, alright, one more mile, and then anyone can ride a bike for a mile. Yeah. And so like, you just break it down, break it into small pieces, you get it done. And so that's kind of, I guess, how I think it through during when I'm, you know, doing things like that. Even in medical school, mm-hmm. it's a long path to get to be a doctor and to be a surgeon. And so you kind of have to break it up and be like, all right, one more big test. And then if like, <laughs> I do well. Uh, <laughs> I keep the doors open. So... I like that's another thing. I I try to keep doors open because I don't like to show them, um, and so to keep doors open, you kind of have to. You have to be, you have to learn a lot of different parts of uh, different interdisciplinary uh, learning. I think is is really important for me. I like to understand a lot. Um, sometimes that, that can like inhibit me from getting as deep into the thing I should be. Yeah, um, and that's like. Fault of mine, but um, eventually I'll get there. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, this is he's fly. got <laughs> a fly on that keeps like, landing <laughs> on his face for his hat or his ears. I just didn't knock that thing out first. Um, I caught a fly earlier in this room, yeah. So we do have flies while we're shooting this, so yeah, yeah. there's obstacles, but it doesn't stop Caleb from focusing on what he wants to talk about. There you go, so you. um. <laughs> Yeah, I just think I think that's one of the things that I admire about you. Obviously, you're one of my best friends, but when you take a step back and think about the admirable qualities that you have, just the ability to focus on something and just go do it. Like yeah. you just, there's no, no we just talked about, that's exactly the thing that allows you to excel at the things that you do. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people need to hear because a lot of people probably feel like sometimes, oh, I can't do this because of this, this, or this. You need to have the mindset like you can achieve it. Yeah. It's all in your mind. Like you, yeah. you, if you decide to do something, you can do it. But you gotta have you gotta have goals and you gotta stay focused and you gotta keep pushing yourself each day. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really valuable that you can um, implement in your own life to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Um, yeah. And going on that, uh, one of the reasons I really like endurance sports in general, like running. Um, and not everyone can run, but most people can. You can get to it. You can walk and then start running. Um, what I love about it is there's nothing stopping it. Like, there's no mm-hmm. external force. Yeah. You don't have to have a gym membership. You don't have to have anything. It's just you and deciding to put your shoes on and go run. Mm-hmm. And then when you're running, it's you deciding whether to quit or keep going. And so yeah. I love the agency it puts on you. Um, and then I think a lot of things are like that in life uh, that we don't really realize we have like if you like, I get in a mindset where I think like I'm getting inhibited by something else, but really it's just my own thinking. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a limiting thought that's preventing me. Yeah. Not my actual like. There's always something you can be doing yeah. to get to your goal. Yeah. Um. And you can for and like you basically just need to forget about everything else that you have no control of. Yeah. If you focus on things you do have control of, you'll almost always get to that goal. Yeah. So so for people that. Like you just talked about that but it's for people that have those limiting beliefs or self, that like, what are some some things that they can do to apply in their life that'll allow them to overcome those? Like, in your opinion, um, hmm. So or maybe some strategies that you've used. So one, yeah. You know, a lot of my things were athletic related, but in general, it can go across any any um, aspect of life. But I, uh, one, one influence, which I thought we were gonna probably get to like books, but I'll just bring it up now. Um, one of the big influences uh, that I had in college was I, uh, at, at like an airport, I picked up um, on the shortness of life by Seneca. And started getting into after I read that, like I read it in one sitting. I just like sat down on the airplane and just finished it. And uh, I was just like, when I landed, I was like, I'm gonna be a different person. (laughs) Uh, It was like it's just mind. It's it opens your mind to um, really prioritize the things that matter, and that like you do have this one opportunity. Um, And so. I'm kind of hard on myself in that way. Like I, I think, like, I think being hard on yourself in certain ways is how you get out of ruts. Um, Like eventually you just gotta get up up and do it. Like Mm -hmm. you gotta like, eventually it just has to happen or else you will never. And so um, the rut just gets deeper and deeper if you're stuck Mm -hmm. uh, as long as you continue those habits. Um, And so doing small things, Helps um, early on, and then you just like slowly. I think just slowly building on those small victories and giving yourself those victories mm-hmm. is good. Um, but like really reassess. Like I think it helps to have a philosophical thought about uh, your life mm-hmm. and um, to like contemplate your death and be like, what did I achieve? during like when you're on your deathbed what did you achieve and it doesn't need to be something that you're applied for or anything like that it could be something um as great as being the best dad you could be or the best son or um or daughter you could be um because a lot of people are taking care of people um their family members and stuff and and like those are that's a difficult job and it's not you're not the CEO of some company, but you're doing something very important and impactful. And if you just be, if you realize that, like there are so many things that you can be excellent at, mm-hmm. um, and so many things that are worthy of being, that putting your time into being excellent at, um, then you're like, I don't know, I think it's just important to whatever you do, um, know that you gave it your best and know that. That at the end you can say like I was great at that because I cared and I pursued it, and I think a lot of people assume that if you're not um, highly regarded in society for being an entrepreneurial in, in Silicon Valley or all this stuff that we hear all the time, yeah. that you you weren't big or important. Which in my mind, um, a lot of that comes with garbage and. No. There's a lot of other things you could be focusing on. Um, your own goals. And it's really like up to you, ultimately, to uh, seize those opportunities. So, yeah, so um, like for me, I think like, I, you know, I've gone through different phases where I have different goals. Um, I'm not gonna be an Olympic athlete, however, that, however cool that would be. Um, so, my aspirations athletically are, just, are really for my mental health so that I can treat my wife the best because ultimately that's my most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I'll be better off, or she'll, our relationship would be better off if I feel confident and healthy in my own body and my yeah. own health and my and my mental health. Um, and so that's why I continue to to run and stuff. Yeah. It's not because I, and so, so I guess what I'm saying is like, I know that the other aspects of my life will be better off if I try to achieve in my physical life. Mm -hmm. So it's not because I want some reward or I want to win something or to be noticed or anything like that. Um, It's because like, I think this will help the part that I'm really prioritizing. Um, And I know like when I get in ruts where I don't look out or don't, uh, run or feel like I'm losing part of myself mm-hmm. that part of myself because I'm being lazy or because I'm being too focused on school, yeah. uh, that I'm worse off. Like I treat people worse. And that's what I, I take a step back and be like, I want as many days in my life where I don't treat anyone bad, mm-hmm. you know? And I, where I, I do the thing that like, if I was watching it from afar from a different room or up above, um, I would be proud. Yeah. And so, if you like have some sort of mindset like that, um, where you can get into that mindset, you say you're sitting, you're kind of being lazy and you've been laying around or too much, and you can like pull yourself into that mindset. Be like, would I be proud of this? Mm-hmm. That usually gets me up. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's something that I think anyone can do. Um, is just contemplate the entirety of your life, which is pretty short. Um, and find out, and and find out, or tell yourself, and be honest with yourself whether this is something in the moment that you are proud of, mm. or not. and that's great. Man. Um, yeah, and like honestly, like a lot of people, uh, including myself, you can you can use like um, like a mentor of sorts. Like it doesn't have to be someone you know, mm. but like someone who you look up to. Um, like my grandpa, who painted that painting, um, was a very stoic person but very, like, just, just truthful. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I never felt like... I just felt like he had so much wisdom. Mm-hmm. Didn't speak a lot. It's just what he spoke was, like, meaningful. Yeah. And I've mm-hmm. always really valued that. Brevity. And, yeah, brevity. Um, and he always, like, worked hard. Yeah. Uh, never complained once. Um, so I, I think of those qualities, mm-hmm. and then I can just... I, I have a... A picture in my head of what that looks like, and it's him. Mm-hmm. And so I think of him. He's not here with us anymore. But, um, in moments where I'm like doing something I shouldn't be doing, or I know I feel the guilt, it's like it's one thing to just feel guilt and then just feel pity for yourself, or to feel like you're not a good person. But it's another thing to like have someone to look up to and be like, I'm inspired to be better. I'm better than that. Yeah. He's watching this. Yeah. And knowing that, and if you just put yourself in that position, be like. Someone's watching this. Yeah. You're like your idol. You're, idle. you're uh, the guy you look up to or the girl you look up to is watching this. That can like incite some change. Yeah. And I think that's honestly, I've had that for a while. Uh, that like feeling that um, someone who I really care about is watching this. Yeah, I know. That's, that's so good. Yeah. I mean, there's so much so much more we can talk about. But yeah. Before, just for the sake of, of time, uh, just a few more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. What, well, this is great. Um, so you just got married, but it's, you've dated Paige for a long time. Yeah. And so now you're married. How has she made you better? She's made me much more conscientious about how, um, how I, you know, I think my intentions have always been good around people, but sometimes I'm a little bit, uh, argumentative. Um, <laughs> I like to be right. And, uh. <laughs> She, she puts me in my place as far as like how I come across like even if it's like a, a good argument or, or um, it's like the, the tone I use or the um, really being conscious of the other person's feelings yeah. has never been something that I've been great at um, and, but she's made me a lot better at it so mm-hmm. uh, I think that's extremely valuable to learn because I, ultimately people are what matter um, and you don't want to like um you know upset people unintentionally mm-hmm. um which you know looking back i probably have done like many times and i think i'm getting better at it but um it's a work in progress yeah uh also she's really good at um i think she's really good at uh prioritizing what matters in life mm-hmm. and i think sometimes i get uh i think like, I, get, I get a little bit maybe too um focus on certain things that maybe i'm not seeing the bigger pictures at, at times and mm-hmm. i think she she made me value my family more probably than i than i had mm-hmm. um, and then valuing the future our future family yeah more like that matters to me so much more than it ever had before i met her yeah um how our family interacts and what we do at dinner time and Like I'm just thinking about those things now that I never had ever thought about. So, um, yeah. So just being intentional with the people you're with, and and uh, it's not about being right all the time. It's 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 about like showing love and like making them know that you Mm -hmm. love them. And maybe I haven't haven't been as good at that before, and I'm not the best at it now, but I'm getting better. Getting better. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So real quick, you talked about a little bit before what would your what does building excellence mean to you yeah um i don't think so i think building excellence is a good name because uh similar to like developing anything uh it's never quite done you're never right you're not you're never excellent i don't think there's it's always a moving target yeah and, um that has its pros and cons um you know i I think, though, that excellence is something that you kind of define internally. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, If you're always striving to be better um, at something, then it's always like, for me, I, I kind of see the world as a game, mm-hmm. and it's fun to be working towards a goal. Mm-hmm. It's honestly not that fun to reach a goal and be like, what now? Yeah, that moment's not that fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun when you're like pursuing it and looking Process. forward to that goal. Yeah, um, and then, and if you have excellence as a goal, you're very rare, and there's very few people who are the best at anything. Yeah, um, like just a handful. So I'll never be the best at anything I do, and I'll know that, and I'll know that I have more to give, more to be better at. There's always learning. I expect like I'm going into the field of surgery and. There's always gonna be more things coming out. We're doing things wrong currently, and we're gonna be doing them better in the future. Mm-hmm. And then, but then there'll be even more found out, and then we'll do better uh, after that. So yeah. like, you're never, you're never giving your best. Um, you always could, you always could be a better future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's actually like hopeful because you, you know. Um, so I guess answer your question: What is excellence? I think it's a continual pursuit, mm-hmm. I don't think it's uh, a thing you reach, um, but um, I do think like if you're striving for excellence and you feel like you're striving for it, then you'll be satisfied, so like, I think uh, if you stop short of excellence, of, of striving for it, you might feel like you left something on the table and you could have been better, yeah. you'll have regret, yeah. but I think if you're striving for excellence, you might not have regret. Mm. I'm you know I I haven't reached there yet not even close yeah anything so um uh but I hope to be you know excellent at a handful of things yeah um or I strive for the excellence in a handful of things well hey Caleb thanks for being on the show yeah I appreciate it And and I just want to say as a friend I'm just so thankful for your friendship everything that you talked about just a little bit ago is the epitome of what you do to the people around you, like as a friend, you push me to be better because of what you do and the way you push yourself and the way you try to strive for excellence in your life and your relationships. And uh, you know, there's so many times and so many good stories that we've had yeah. for doing things. Yeah. Um, and probably I've done a lot of things that I probably wouldn't do <laughs> uh, when I'm with you, but it's it's all been great. And um, just really thankful for your friendship. And I'm so excited for so many people to hear. Um, your thoughts on all these things because um I wish we could have all of our conversations built up and, and packaged people can here because you've got uh, so much great insight and your mind is always active and evolving. So just thankful for your time and thanks for being on the show. Great to be here. Thanks. Hey everyone it's Bailey Miles. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We hope you found value in the show and if you enjoyed it we would really appreciate you sharing the show with a friend subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcasts, writing a quick review or leaving a five-star rating. When you do that, it really helps get the message out and allows more people to hear these stories and help them build excellence in their life, leadership and legacy. Now, if you have any questions, thoughts or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email. It's Bailey at Follow us on social. We're on all the different social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, or check out our website at baileymiles.com. Uh, Once again, I'd love to hear from you. So definitely do that. And then thanks again for joining me on this journey. And remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.